listening to the Baha'i World News Service, reporting on major developments and endeavors of the global Baha'i community. For more information, visit news.baha'i.org. Education is not a crime is a street art campaign to raise awareness for human rights in Iran. It was started by Iranian-Canadian filmmaker Maziar Bahari in 2014. Known for his documentary To Light a Candle, Bahari has dedicated his work over the last several years to exposing the persecution of Iran's largest religious minority, the Baha'is. He is not a Baha'i himself, but Maziar Bahari's background and profession have connected him to the plight of the Baha'i community, particularly in Iran, where the Baha'is have endured an endless wave of persecution under successive governments for over a century and a half. Thousands upon thousands have been executed, murdered, tortured and jailed for their religious beliefs. The government also bans the Baha'is from teaching and studying in Iranian universities. Education is not a crime draws attention specifically to this unjust denial of education. The campaign has attracted the support of numerous individuals, including renowned social rights activists and Nobel Peace Prize laureates. Education is not a crime and to light a candle draw attention to the response of Iran's Baha'is to oppression through the Baha'i Institute for Higher Education. BIHE is one of the longest-running, most successful examples of peacefully answering oppression. It is an informal university program implemented in living rooms in Iran and through online courses. BIHE has assisted thousands of Baha'i youth to complete their education in a number of fields. Many students have continued on to their master's and doctorate programs at well-known universities around the world which have accepted BIHE's graduates for further studies. Diane Alai, representative of the Baha'i International Community United Nations office in Geneva, talks about BIHE. So as you know, Baha'i youth, for now over two decades, almost three decades, have not been allowed to enter Iranian universities. The Baha'is have tried to think of how to respond to this state-organized impoverishment of the Baha'i community. And therefore, they have started to do a very, very grassroots activity, which is really to start with the university professors in Iran who were also expelled from teaching in the Iranian universities because they were Baha'is, and have these, these professors help the Baha'i students in the living rooms, in the kitchen of people's homes, of Baha'i's homes, to continue and pursue their higher education. And this system, of course, with also the modern technology that has improved and the access to internet and things like that has developed. And we know that we have this online university with the help of university professors around the world who are not necessarily Baha'is, but who want to combat this oppression also themselves in a very positive manner in helping these Baha'i students to be able to study. And of course, with also the help of universities around the world who then recognize the degree, of course, that degree is still not recognized in Iran, but to help them so these students can also continue to pursue their studies abroad, having their first degree at BIHE recognized. 
Education is Not a Crime uses street art to bring attention to a human rights issue. An unusual tactic in the human rights field, but a successful one. The campaign has recently released a documentary titled Changing the World, One Wall at a Time. Salim Viancourt is the coordinator of Education is Not a Crime and has been working with Maziar Bahari on the campaign. He talks about the origins of Education is Not a Crime. Maziar made this film to light a candle, and he was collaborating with a number of Baha'is to do that, and interviewing Iranian Baha'is, of course, to get their stories. And the more he got into this work and collaborated with Baha'is, from what I understand, the more I think he wanted to to extend the, the story, to really help to light a candle and the, the message behind it find a wider audience. Because he's a documentary filmmaker, he's been a filmmaker for a long time, and he knows that even a great documentary film has a limited audience because it has maybe it goes to festivals, maybe there are people who are interested in human rights or the Middle East or, or religious persecution. There are these built-in audiences. And I think his aspiration was to find a larger crowd of people to tell about what's going on in Iran. His interest in telling the story of the Baha'is in Iran is for the sake of all of Iran. He sees the Baha'is as a barometer issue, that if the Baha'is are being mistreated or, or persecuted, if their human rights are being denied, it means that the government is, uh, is not going to respect the rights of other people. It's not going to relent. It's not going to somehow, even when it says it's, it's trying to, to respect civil liberties, it's not going to really follow through on its word. So Maziar, along with a lot of other human rights activists in the wider world, see the Baha'is as this kind of barometer issue, as an indicator of what's going on in the country generally. And, uh, and it's for that reason that he wanted to extend the audience for the story of the Baha'is. And I think he also felt, he, he said this on record many times, and he, he can say it better than I can say it for him, but I think he also felt that the story of the Baha'is and the way they were persecuted, especially after the 1979 Islamic Revolution in Iran, hadn't been properly appreciated or, or acknowledged by the Iranian community. And he talks about his parents' generation, who were political activists, who were labor activists, who really had the interest of the country at heart in their lives and in their work. And he talks about how people in his parents' generation, and indeed even his parents, didn't care to care about the Baha'is. And, uh, and he, along with other people in the Iranian diaspora and inside Iran, feel that there needs to be a kind of a reckoning with this, an acknowledging of this past, if Iran is going to have a more united and a more cohesive future. So that's the background as to why he made To Light a Candle and then why he didn't want to stop um, with just its release and letting it go out and then and vanish a little bit. Following the first screenings of To Light a Candle, Maziar Bahari had the idea of using the arts to draw in a larger and more diverse audience. The transition from working on a documentary and interviewing figures in the human rights field to finding and securing walls for painting murals or renting lifts or finding artists was a shift for the team. But slowly, Education is Not a Crime began to emerge as a distinct campaign involving the arts. Salim Viancourt talks about the campaign's evolution and Bahari's vision. So he had this idea of using street art, painting murals, to, to tell the story. And I think that the Baha'is he was working with initially, including me, were definitely surprised by this. And actually, the, the idea was... Uh, was uh, thrown out there just before the Education is Not a Crime concert that took place in February 2015 in Los Angeles. And that was meant to culminate the series of screenings. Just before that started, he had this idea, and we thought, wow, this is different. And I thought about it. I got up very excited about it very quickly, but I didn't know anything about street art, for example, and I wasn't sure where to go with it. But through a series of fortuitous meetings and research and walking around various street art festivals and so on, we gradually started to meet the right people 
and got a, a sense of what could be done with that. The scope of the campaign is worldwide. There are murals in cities in all corners of the globe, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, to Sydney, Australia. But education is not a crime found particular resonance in Harlem, a historic New York City neighborhood known as a center of African-American and Hispanic life and culture. There, the community had a pronounced response to the message about access to education. It was when we were in Harlem that education is not a crime as a concept and as an idea took a turn and started to become something more than a publicity-garnering exercise. Because when we were in Harlem and we were speaking to people on the street explaining why we were doing this, we were in a community that was what I came to understand could be called a community of struggle, that this is a community of people, African-Americans predominantly, who had a history of being persecuted against and discriminated against in the United States, including in education. In the South, obviously, there was segregation of schools. And these were people who intuitively understood what it meant to be discriminated against by their government and by the society at large. So when we started to say, well, we're painting these because there's this group of people in a country in a different place and so on and so forth, this honestly, frankly, convoluted uh, attempt to explain why we're doing something about a group of people that you've never heard of in a country you don't care about, they really got it just very quickly because they said, oh, well, yeah, we, we understand about education. Education is important and people in our community have been denied it. The campaign's message of education equality has touched diverse populations around the world. In South Africa, the murals painted in Cape Town and Johannesburg created a parallel between the persecution of the Baha'is in Iran and the situation of apartheid. The mural painted in New Delhi, India, drew on the long-ingrained caste system, illustrating education as the way to move beyond prejudice. While education is not a crime started as an awareness-raising campaign about the Baha'is in Iran, it quickly became a way to connect different communities who have faced injustice. Salim Viancourt continues. Essentially, as far as human rights in Iran are concerned, the automatic audience is probably saturated. Everybody who's going to know about it knows about it. So it's really about finding people who don't know about it but who care because they care about education or they care about religious freedom or they care about... You know, in this case, they also care about things like the arts or they care about African-American communities. So the more we connected the experience of the Baha'is to other situations, the more people cared because they saw it all as one problem. The story of the unusual street art campaign and the history of the human rights issue behind it are captured in the documentary about Education is Not a Crime, which was released last month. Viancourt discusses mixing the two art forms, paint on walls in one place, and videos that can be shared everywhere as a strategy of the campaign. One of the whole purposes behind the campaign in Harlem and around the world was to make a film out of it because you take something that is very analog, very tangible, and create something digital that can be shared everywhere. And we wanted to take this very old school form of making a statement, creating a mural, and give it a digital life that could go on for far longer. While we had all these videos on Facebook and on Instagram, the end goal was a film to present the campaign, a kind of a documentary. And that film has now become changing the world one wall at a time. The stars of education is not a crime and of changing the world one wall at a time is absolutely the artists. We worked with an amazing Afro-Brazilian artist named Quito in the first year of the campaign and in the second and he had just such a kind of a joy in his painting, and he connected so many different communities. He was interested in talking about South Americans and Africans, and he was interested in themes around education. People would just love to talk to him, and he would convey the story of the campaign. 
there's a French artist, Astro. He painted this extraordinary 3D style version of the gate of Tehran University, which is like painting the dome of Columbia Library or the spires of Oxford or whatever. And so it's iconic, especially for an Iranian audience. And then he converted it into something that had a tunnel with a light at the end. So that was his own positive message around the campaign. And then we had another woman, Martha Alicia, who painted a beautiful portrait of a flower and, and a child. And she was just somebody who was able to relate to the campaign so strongly. And she and a young woman named Mona, who studies at Columbia University as an Iranian Baha'i, they met and talked about their mutual understandings of access to education because Martha Alicia had come from a poor background as a half Puerto Rican, half Dominican woman living in Harlem. This is a pretty awful combination if you live in America. You're half Puerto Rican, half Dominican, so you're Latino background. You're a woman, you live in Harlem. There's all kinds of privileges that you don't have access to. And so she worked hard to get an education despite all of these obstacles. She went to the Army Reserve because that was the only way she could get a scholarship. And she knew that anything that she wanted to do would be defined by education. Mona, from her side, is able to share her experience going to the BIHE and the experience of all her friends. And the idea that she was eventually able to convert that into a chance to study at Columbia University in New York. And to realize that these really modest efforts that you think are going nowhere, if you're a young behind Iran and you're trekking across the country to go to a class in somebody's living room and then you have to do a Skype tutorial with somebody over a dodgy internet connection, you might think, what on earth is the outcome here? Where is the end goal? And it looks like there is no end goal. It looks like you're in a dead end. But that these things lead to something that you can't see. And I think that Martha Alicia and Mona were able to share that experience and we captured that on the film. The film was just this amazing opportunity to tell the story of these artists and their unique, innovative, artistic responses to the issue to find people who had stories and to put an Iranian Baha'i and an American Hispanic woman together and to share their commonalities and to understand also the different ways that they came to their own quest to overcome the problems in their lives. It was just an extraordinary bringing together of pieces that hadn't existed together before. And I hope that the film shows that. Changing the World One Wall at a Time premiered in Harlem on the 5th of May, 2017. It is currently being screened for audiences worldwide on special occasions, and its release online is anticipated later this year. Information on screenings can be found on the Education is Not a Crime website.